Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Katie, and welcome to Life in the Mundane. The podcast that is not afraid to tackle the difficult topics in marriage and parenting from a biblical perspective in hopes of encouraging you to make the most of little moments in these important relationships. Join us each week as we share advice from our unique perspective as second-generation homeschoolers who got married young, had six kids in nine years, and have been through many ups and downs over the last 13 years of marriage. We know that navigating these relationships is not easy, but we also know that if God has called you to it, He will equip you for it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey guys. So this is a promised and long, long overdue question and answer session. Yep. We uh, promised you guys at the end of season one that we were going to wrap up season one with a Q&A and then a life happened. And we're going to explain a lot more about that in this upcoming season for you guys. But we did want to fulfill our promise and answer these questions. Thank you so much for being patient with us as we kind of get our act together, so to speak. And our the good news is, is while this is a long awaited episode, it'll hopefully tide you over because season two is coming really soon. But we'll talk more about that at the end of this episode. Yes, we will. All right, so we're just going to jump straight into the questions we got. Our first question is, how did you decide to start a podcast? Yeah, Mark, how did you decide to start a podcast? Well, that's a long story. Um, (laughs) When a podcast was mentioned to me, I said no. So I have a group of friends that I talk to on a regular basis, and um, we had been talking about a serious topic, and Mark was came in the room, and he kind of started sharing his thoughts, and I was sharing my thoughts, and we were kind of bouncing off of each other. As they heard us interacting with each other, they were like, oh my gosh, you guys should start a podcast. It was just kind of something said, um, jokingly somewhat, and, and I mentioned it to Mark, and he was like never. (laughs) That is not happening. That's not something I'm interested in. And where in the world will we find the time? And so, um, you know, I didn't think much of it, but my friends kept bringing it up and they kept saying, no, seriously, you really should start a podcast and share the story of what God has done in your life. Because it is amazing the things that God has brought us through, like in and of ourselves, we, we're nothing special. Like we're, we're not here. We're not parenting gurus. We've been married, you know, for, for 14 years, but you know, we don't have this like 30, 50 years under our belt, anything like that. But yet what really resonated to them was God's goodness, God's provision throughout our lives. And that's something we love to talk about. So I got kind of interested, but Mark was still definitely not interested. No. And so for me, it was, my wife has it, does very well with her YouTube channel. She does not mind sharing anything with anyone. With everyone. Or with everyone. (laughs) Um, She says as a pastor's kid, or she grew up in a glass house. And having grown up in a glass house, she just continued to live in a glass house. And I'm private or nervous about sharing so much. (laughs) Um, And so honestly, for me, it was fear. I had a lot of fear with coming into this. But probably six months later, I I had heard her friends bring it up several more times. I had been thinking about it. I had been praying about it because even when my initial reaction is no, and this is the case for both of us, when our initial reaction is no, especially if the other person wants to do it, we pray about it. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't want to do it, we pray about it. And it took about six months and I was like, okay, I think we might need to do this podcast. Let's talk about what it would be. Yeah. And during that time that he is praying about it for six full months, I mean, it was six full months. I, for once, (laughs) decided to bite my tongue. I think in that time period, I only brought it up 
twice. And it was usually when I could overhear a conversation and your friends brought it up Yeah, first. My, my friends brought it up and I'd be like, oh, they're still talking about that podcast. And he's like, still praying about it. I'm like, all right. And I just left it alone. Um, you know, being myself, being a planner, I did kind of jot down a few thoughts of like, okay, if we, if we did do a podcast, what could we do it on? Just in case he asked me. And sure enough, that was the first question he came to me with. Six months later, completely out of the blue, he's like, so if we were to do a podcast, what would we even talk about? Like, what what would people even want to hear, like, you know, from us? Yeah. From us? And like I said, we're nothing special. And so, um, you know, I was like, well, I happen to have a few ideas here. He wasn't surprised at all. No, not at all. <laughs> my, my wife likes to plan, especially if it's something she really, really wants to do. She plans <laughs> a lot. And so I was not surprised in the least. So, yeah. So we started talking about it and um, and he was like, you know, don't get too excited. I'm not saying yes. I just, I just want to kind of flesh this out a little bit. So we started talking back and forth. It was one on one, on one of our family adventures in the car. We were kind of just brainstorming ideas. And he said, look, I will agree to record one episode. And let's just, let's just try it. And so we went ahead with the very first episode of season one. Yeah. And we, we did that and we said, okay, we're going to edit this as if we were publishing it. We're going to send it to those friends that had suggested this in the first place and to a few of our close or other close trusted friends, a few family members we trust, our pastor, a few people that we really respect their opinion and want to know what they had to say. And we got pretty positive feedback from everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And so because of that, you know, we Mark was like, you know what? I think we should do this. And I was really excited. I was nervous because I wasn't sure how it was all going to fit into the flow of life. But um, was excited. And he said, all right, let's do this. So it's funny because there's actually a gap of about two months between the first episode recording and the second episode recording. No, we did we did two and three soon after. It was between the third and the fourth. We had okay. about two months. Okay. But there was a gap there because we did a few initially just kind of as a test run. That's right. Because we wanted to have mm-hmm. them listen to the yeah. first three episodes. That's yeah. what it was. So we sent out the first three episodes to like a tester group. And then a couple of months later is when we officially made the commitment of like, hey, we're going to do this. And then the podcast lot launched in January of this year. So anyways, that's kind of a little bit of a history of the podcast. And, you know, frankly, we're still two unextraordinary people, but we love to talk about our extraordinary God on this podcast and share what he's done in our lives. So we appreciate you guys for listening because, you know, we really weren't sure that anybody would want to. (laughs) And actually, what's really interesting about that is it was almost exactly a year ago from this recording time Mm -hmm. that we recorded that first episode. Yep, absolutely. It was because it was the first week in August and that's when we're recording this is the first week in August. Yep. God works in mysterious ways. Well, the second question we got is, what is your favorite book on marriage? And this book has a little bit of a funny answer to it. Yes. Um, So at the beginning of this year, someone else asked about our recommendations on books on marriage. And I looked at Katie and I said, huh, I should probably read some. We have done like marriage seminars before. We've done a whole Sunday school class on marriage. We, you know, obviously have read in our Bibles and studied in our Bibles about marriage and stuff like that, which obviously best marriage book, Bible, hands down. Absolutely. Yes. But if we're talking about an additional book, you know, then um, we were both like, I don't think either one of us have ever read a full marriage book. I've had, I've had several that I've started. Well, and I've had read several where I've read excerpts out of them. Yeah, but we had not actually read any from beginning to end. Um, so thanks to this question um, asked by a few different people, we sat down and we made sure to read. And that, that's a little bit of the reason why the Q&A wasn't recorded as early as we planned, because we were like, well, we need to read a couple. And so, so I think we 
each read either three or four. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely. And so, um, and since then, we've even read a few others. And so, but what's funny is, is even though we both read, we read a couple that overlapped, but a couple that were completely different. And we both walked away with the same favorite book. Yes. Um, it is When Sinners Say I Do. By Dave Harvey. And this book is really different because it's not a book of do's and don'ts per se. It's a book not focused on how to have the perfect marriage. It's mm -hmm. a book that is pointing you to the fact that you are a sinner in need of God's grace. And Even you if you're married. a Christian, you're in need of God's grace. Yeah, and you're married and to a sinner in need of married, God's grace. Yes, you're married to a sinner in need of God's grace. And guess what? You're both going to sin against each other. Yeah. Guess what? You're both going to fail. And guess what? You're both going to need grace. And the temptation when you go into reading marriage books, I think, can be, okay, well, how do I fix my marriage in general? Or maybe more commonly, maybe not spoken, we think, how can I fix my spouse? Like, I'm doing this, but, like, how do I get him to do this? And the thing is, with this book, you absolutely cannot walk away from it feeling like that. <laughs> because at the end, you'll realize your part in all of it. And you will realize, you know, that it's about the hard issues. And it's about, you know, obeying God and, and all of these wonderful things. I cannot recommend this one enough. We will link it in the show notes for you guys. And I hope that you will go check it out. Um, like I said, there were other ones we read that we liked. There were some that we read we didn't like. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about that another time. But right now, I would just say highly recommend When Sinners Day I Do. Okay. So the next one, is it possible to fall out of love with your spouse? And if you do, what does the Bible say? Falling in love, falling out of love. I, I've, I don't like those terms and definitions. Um, the way the world approaches love is oftentimes a hormonal change. Or an emotion-based emotion decision. Yes. Oftentimes it's even more lust than love. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying all the time, but oftentimes. What the Bible says about love I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, um, because this is what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Love is work. Mm -hmm. Love, you have to choose to work at loving your spouse, especially when they're not being the most lovable. Well, and what's funny about this verse is that it's not really saying like love is a feeling. Love is rainbows and butterflies. Love is, you know, knowing that you have your best friend beside you. It, it literally is addressing all of the hard parts of love. Like love is patient. Well, there's no need to be patient if someone's, you know, not pressing your patience a little bit. You know, love does not envy or boast. There's that temptation in our marriages to envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. Like it's showing you right here that those situations are going to come up in any, in any of these circumstances, but love is not that. And I think that that's super important to remember. And like Mark said, the world's definitions. Can you fall out of love? Yeah, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Actually, I'm surprised more people don't. 
Yeah. But the truth is, according to scripture, if you like, you know, if you are a Christian, if you're a believer, then you, God will give you the strength. You know, we say this all the time. If he has called you to it, he will equip you for it. And if he's called you to this marriage, which if you're married, he's called you to this marriage right now. Yes, he has. And he will equip you for that. And that we don't want to diminish the fact that that can be a very hard thing. Um, you know, we don't want to diminish the fact that there are many circumstances that make this very difficult. I don't want you to think, oh, well, just because, you know, you guys seem to be happily married, you know, you don't understand. We've had to walk through a lot of stuff personally, yes. as well as walking a lot of, walking through a lot of stuff with friends and family and things. We know what that nitty gritty hard life can look like. And some of that stuff's going to be coming up in season two. We're going to be talking about some of those hard things um, that we shied away from in season one yeah. and season two. And so we're going to get into more of that, but I just want you to know that, you know, that what scripture says is that what love is and that the Holy Spirit is what gives you the ability to love in that way. All right. How do you find slash make time for each other? So finding time and making time for each other is almost an idol for me. And actually oftentimes can become an idol for me. Uh, I will put off pretty much everything important to have one-on-one time with my wife. Yeah. And while we should definitely make time for each other, we've talked about the need to prioritize with um, spending quality time with one another. We've talked about, um, you know, those pillars of a marriage and those things, you know, it's hard to happen if you're always distant and you're always apart. But I think that you know, what you're saying is, is right, is that there needs to be this balance and it all needs to be about the heart issue behind it. You know, are you finding time for each other? Are you making time for each other, you know, to grow in your relationship or to indulge, you know, in your selfish desires? Is there a sense of wanting to avoid spending time together because of your selfish desires? Well, I have things to do, or I don't really enjoy being around my spouse or whatever the reason is. You know, I think it's important to look at the heart issue there. But as far as how do we make that time for each other, um, we do so carefully and it looks different in different seasons. We're in a season where our kids are a little bit older. We now have teenager. And um, so we just have a little more flexibility and freedom. We're now able to like go to the grocery store, just the two of us. So, you know, we have a lot of fun dates going to the grocery store, which is really novel idea after shopping all those years with all the little ones under tow. And that was like the most stressful thing. Now it's like the most looked forward to thing. Or go on a walk, just the two of us. That's been really nice. Yeah, exactly. So we definitely find time there, but there has been seasons where that wasn't possible. And we talked a little bit about this in the first season. I'll link the episode down in the show notes, but we did talk a little bit about how you can do, how you can kind of date your spouse um, without having to have a lot of resources like babysitting or a lot of money or, or things like that. But we went a lot more in depth in that episode about yeah. how you can just make good quality time for each other. Yeah, really one of the simplest things that I can just say, just so we give a practical thing right now, is um, we have always prioritized that we will stay up at least one hour after our children go to bed. Mm-hmm. And that one hour after our children go to bed is time together. That time together might be doing the dishes. That time together might be working on a project that time together might be trying to stay awake yeah (laughs) um but we have that hour after the kids go to bed that's our time now usually that hour is interrupted with multiple knocks on the door (laughs) and kids wanting to i need a drink i'm not tired can i talk yeah but we still try to protect that time yeah and that's something that's 
pretty doable for most people. There are different schedules. So maybe for you, you know, staying up late is not an option, but maybe waking up an hour earlier and getting Mm -hmm. to spend that time together. Maybe you have um, a spouse where, you know, they work from home and you can just carve out time to do lunch with them, um, you know, and have that lunch hour and have them come up and spend that one-on-one time. My parents, and I think we've mentioned this before, but my parents, when I was younger, did something called couch time. And when my dad came home from work, they would set a timer and say, you know, until this timer goes off, we're having couch time. So the two of us, they're sitting on the couch and they're just needing to talk to one another. And we kids knew that we were not allowed to interrupt unless there was blood or fire. You know, we were not allowed to interrupt their their time. And it was a really neat representation because it showed us as kids how much they valued that time together and how that was important. And it allowed them to be able to communicate well because especially the first few minutes of coming home from work can be a very chaotic experience. So regardless of what your schedule looks like or your life looks like, I think it's definitely something you can do. It's just about being intentional with it and then being intentional with the time you actually make. We've fallen into this so many times where we do carve out that hour. And we spend it all watching TV. Yeah, exactly. Which is not quality time. Exactly. I, I know that we said that in season one. Watching TV together, while is fine, it's not quality time. And we've slipped into a lot more of that this summer of most of our quality time has ended up, oh, watching this show or catching up on this. And again, there's nothing, you know, overtly sinful about watching a show together. But, you know, it's a matter of, it's like junk food, you know? It's it's a matter of, it's fine to have a piece of chocolate, but to eat chocolate all day, every day, you know, whatever, is not, not going to go well. And your, your body is not going to function as well. And just like that, when you indulge in those little extras, you know, where you're not actually pouring into the relationship, you're just side by side, you're going to end up getting, you know, junk in, junk out kind of thing. Yep. And so I think it's just important to be conscious of that and I think we're trying to kind of scale back a little bit more on that of like hey we can still enjoy a show together but it doesn't need to be every night and so um yeah I don't know I just think it's something to get keep in mind yeah so the next question is who wins the arguments more and how do you fight fair well this has taken several years for us to get well for me personally to get to this point it's not about winning if you're entering into your arguments keeping score which go back to that that love passage in First Corinthians, love keeps no record of wrong. If you're keeping score of who won the argument, you're not fighting fair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about winning. It's about restoring and keeping a right relationship with each other. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for us um, to fall into patterns of, you know, wanting to win or wanting to be vindictive. Like I, you hurt me, so I want to hurt you. And there can be those tendencies. And I'm not saying that we do this perfectly, but I think that it's really important to understand the purpose of those arguments and those disagreements. They can be good. Um, We went through a good chunk of our marriage, um, not having many arguments, but it was not because there wasn't things to discuss or issues to work through. Well, it was because I hated conflict so much that if it was something we needed to discuss, I just, whatever, I I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight, which my my reasoning to myself at the time was my relationship with my wife is not worth messing up over this fight. That statement is absolutely 100% true. The application of it was a people pleaser who just folded over everything and I'm not saying folded of I didn't get my way I'm saying folded of I wasn't leading my family I was not leading my wife yeah absolutely and I think I think with that um 
you know, it's good. A lot of times the quote unquote arguments that we have gotten into have really led to so much more restoration in our relationship because we do fight fair. And we're not going to address the fighting fair question directly other than what we've said here, because we actually want to take time in season two to dig into that a little bit more um, and to really kind of break that down as we talk about the foundations of communication and how to fight fair and expectations and all those fun things. But I do think that it's important to realize that arguments are just a symptom of a heart issue that's going on. You know, and very rarely the words that are being spoken initially are very rarely have to do with it. Um, But when you start to probe a little further, when you start to realize and stop taking personal offense to um, to those conflicts that come up and you start to go, okay, this is a sign of a bigger problem. And you start becoming detectives in your in your arguing, so to speak, of trying to figure out what the root cause is and working towards that restoration that really will change everything. And again, we'll dive into more of what that looks like later. Yes, absolutely. All right. So one last question. We've got a couple more minutes, but one last question. Who snores more? (laughs) Well, I don't hear myself snore. I don't hear myself snore at all. Um, We recently had some guests over and I slept in one of my children's room. And the next day, they promptly told me I couldn't sleep last night because you were so loud. <laughs> so apparently, I snore. He snores horribly. He is, oh my goodness, he is an awful snorer. Um, I don't snore at all, I don't think. Do I? Only when you're sick. When I'm sick? Okay. So I don't typically snore, but I do talk in my sleep. And I can get very loud in my sleep, and I can actually have arguments with my in my sleep. You know... Such is life. We're both we're both loud. It's okay. It doesn't bother either one of us. That's the beauty of growing up in a big family is that you're just used to other people's annoying habits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, like, I mean, this is a funny question and we're, we're answering it funny, but to bring it back to practical application here, one of the major benefits of having siblings at all is when your parents make sure that you don't have so much personal space that you don't learn how to live with someone who doesn't think and act just like you. Like it's the greatest gift you can give your kids to have them share a room with each other. (laughs) Or I say what I love to tell my children now is look, you're stuck with your sibling right now. Mm -hmm. You can't get rid of them. And guess what? Hopefully one day you're going to be married and that person you're going to marry is going to annoy you just like your sibling does. (laughs) So this is practice for learning how to work through those frustrations and annoyances and come together so that when you get married later on, you know how to do that. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us about season two. I know we mentioned that at the beginning. We are hoping, Lord willing, praying that we will be able to go live with our first episode the week after Labor Day. We're going to be coming to you guys on Mondays again every week. um, That week after Labor Day, hopefully, Lord willing, through the end of November. So we're really excited to bring you guys a new season. We've really been working hard on trying to find what, like, kind of find a way to explain to you guys, to share with you guys what God's really brought us through over the past several months as we've been in between recording. And um, we're excited about the season. I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of tough topics that we tackle. We we sat down and wrote out our 
our list and there's some there's some good topics there's some heavy tough topics and there's going to be some that are not the most fun to record but we hope that they can be helpful we hope in all of these recordings that these will point you to christ that it will point you to his goodness and that you will see that if god has called you to it he will equip you for it we'll talk to you guys later bye Thanks again for listening. If you found this helpful, we would love for you to share the podcast and leave a review as it helps spread the word so that hopefully more families can be encouraged to make the most of the little moments in their marriage and parenting. Talk to you again next week. Bye.